Hi guys, welcome back to the podcast, Digging Deeper with Mandy and Erica. I'm Mandy. And I'm Erica. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. We here at Digging Deeper like to dig deeper into the Bible, learn it and understand it, and then share it with you guys. That's right, Mandy. And today we are continuing in this series that we called Back to the Basics. And the series originated based on that study, which was called the American Worldview Inventory 2022 that was conducted by the Cultural Research Center at Arizona Christian University. And some shocking results of that study was that in America, only 12% of youth pastors have a biblical worldview, only 13% of teaching pastors have a biblical worldview, and only 6% of Americans have a biblical worldview. Though there's a very high percentage number of people who claim they have a biblical worldview when asked specific questions, given their responses, if they believed it or not, actually determine if they had that biblical worldview. Mm-hmm. How many times can you say biblical worldview in one <laughs> sentence? <laughs> I think you just got the world record for that. Yeah. <laughs> so in this series, we took those questions that was in that survey and we've been going through them one question at a time. And uh, just going to the Bible and saying where these answered in the Bible. So before we get started, if you guys hear anything in the background, we have Erica's daughter with us here today. So that's what you hear. She's watching her videos and eating a cupcake, but there's really no way to keep a four-year-old completely quiet. No. All right. So let's just jump right into it. Uh, Today we are on number seven, right? Yeah. Number seven of eight. Yes. So we're almost done with this. Which is good, but like at the same time, I'm sad because I really like doing this. Mm-hmm. Does a Christian have a responsibility to share his or her faith in Christ with other people? Does the Bible say that? <clears throat> it does. It does. It was funny because when we read this, you and I separately was like, we know exactly where it says that. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it does say it in one place in particular. Uh, so we automatically just went to Matthew 28. First, can we just point out that the heading of this says the Great Commission? Yep. The Great Commission. The Great Commission. Okay, so what does that mean? Jesus says in verse 19, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So that, my friends, is the Great Commissions. Mm -hmm. That is what we are called to do. Our sole purpose on earth is to go out and make disciples. What are disciples? Disciples are just people that you teach Jesus Christ to. And it's just like a domino effect. Jesus talked to apostles. The apostles are to go make disciples. And we too are to go make disciples. We ourselves were disciples and are disciples. Mm -hmm. So somebody had to disciple us in order for us to disciple somebody else. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. I guess I would add to that and just say that a disciple of Jesus is just a follower of Jesus, a Mm -hmm. true follower. And as disciples, like you said, domino effect, go out and make more. That's the whole point. Um, let me give just a little bit of a background here. Okay, so we're in Matthew 28. And if you guys can see on our screen here, or if you're looking in your Bible, this is the very last chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, and it's the last two verses. So we're at the very end of the book. 
Now, if you kind of zoom out in history and you just look at world history or religious history or whatever it is, mm-hmm. there's some really key, de- I don't know, defining moments or transitions, I guess, in time. And this is one of them. Even that doesn't seem like it. You have the you have the crucifixion of Jesus as one, then his resurrection is another, but this also is right up there with the other ones. This is after Jesus has died. He's come back. He spent 40 days in his resurrected body, you know, appearing and speaking to people. And now this is the last conversation he's having with people before he ascends up into the clouds. Right. And this is kind of where everything changes in all of history. You know, we sit here today and we go to church every Sunday and, you know, we're very familiar with this whole church age that we're living in now. It wasn't always like this. This started right here. This is where it changed. And this is where Jesus told his disciples. And and like you said, we're still disciples today. So this is applicable to all of us. He's saying from now on, go to all the nations, everyone, and tell them about me and make more disciples. So that's the last parting thing Jesus said to us. That's what he wants us to remember. It's just, it's, it's funny, but it's not funny that that's the last thing that he says. Yeah. Just go and make disciples. Go. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now let's look at what he said a little bit here. You just read this. Make disciples. So we see a couple different verbs here. Go. Make disciples. Some versions say disciple, like using disciple as a verb. Um, but this says make disciples. It says baptize them and teach them. Okay. But if you look at the original language, there's really only one main verb. And that main verb is right here. Make disciples. That's essentially what Jesus was telling them to do. Make disciples. But these other verbs, go, baptize, and teach them. These are part participles. I think that's how you say it. <laughs> Uh, participles they modify the verb and all that means is that they tell you how to make disciples so how do you make disciples by first going Mm -hmm. then baptizing and then teaching not in like any particular order but that's those are all parts of making disciples Mm -hmm. so let's break it down (laughs) let's just start with go (laughs) okay well that's pretty easy let me ask you this mandy hey erica (laughs) When I when he when he says go, does he mean leave your whole life behind, leave everything behind, and join a missions team for the rest of your life and go somewhere that you've never been before and make disciples? No. So if you look at our sign back here, it says you are now entering the missions field. Our church has that on at the door to remind us that as soon as we step out those doors, we are on the mission field. Mm. It's all around us. We live in a mission field. Yeah. I mean, I thank God for the missionaries that yes. do go to other parts of the world are in are like have underground churches and like are being persecuted for their faith. The mission field is all around us. So we don't necessarily have to, but there are people that do go out. But people in our own backyard don't know who Jesus is. That's so true. So 
who's supposed to disciple those people? So my parents were both going on missions trip just recently. Mm-hmm. And my mom was going to South Africa to um, this little village. And my dad was going to downtown Philadelphia. Mm. And when they told us that, I was like, man, I, I'm not sure... I think I'd rather go to Africa than I would Philadelphia because it just seems scarier in our own backyard, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. you know, and just, you know, just to hearing what he's hearing about his experience there and what he saw and he even had videos. It was, it's really unbelievable. Just like you said, we are surrounded by people who don't yet know Jesus and need to, and we are the ones who know him. We have that knowledge. We need to be using it. We need to be sharing it. Somebody once told me that, in other countries, they were sending missionaries to America. Yes, I heard that too. <laughs> Which is so mind-blowing because America is supposed to be built on the Word of God. It's supposed to. Supposed to, being the key word. How we have fallen from that. Mm-hmm. It just blows my mind that they would see the need in America to send missionaries. Mm-hmm. It's just so crazy. Whenever, like, you hear these third world countries and then you go over or even to the uh, Muslim or Islamic nations and they're killing Christians for their faith, but they're, it's just, I don't know. I don't know. It just blows my mind that they got to send missionaries over here when we're. It's eye opening. Yeah, it yeah, is. It is. To see that we're neglecting our responsibility. Yeah. As Christians, yeah, as going and making disciples and teaching people the word of God. Now, does this mean that that you have like okay, let's say people work full time jobs, which mm-hmm. is common. Okay, everyone has duties. Even if you're a stay at home mom, you still got to go to the grocery store. You still need to get. You, you need you have a job, and that is being a mom, being a wife, whatever it is. You know, we mm-hmm. all have daily responsibilities in this life that we do have to think about and do (laughs) right so are we supposed to separate the two like i need to focus on my job now but when i'm not working then i can focus on being a christian you know how do you reconcile these these different aspects of life so i think we kind of have things backwards just like you said to separate them that i need to do my job first and then be a christian later well i think we need to be a christian first yes and then do their job. We can be a Christian. We can still uh, disciple people at work. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at First Peter whenever he says that uh, to be in a marriage that your spouse, your husband isn't a Christian. But you can turn him just by how you act towards him. Just by um, submitting to him and all those acts. That can turn him into a Christian. That is such a good point you just brought up. Like you're, you could even disciple someone in your own marriage. There's only one other person in your marriage. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You can disciple without talking too. Yes. That's another great point. Mm -hmm. Just how you live your life. Mm -hmm. That is why it's very important that you're not just a Sunday goer, that you do live your Christian life throughout the week and not just on Sunday mornings at church in front of all the other Christian people. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're not fooling any... Let me rephrase that. You're not fooling God. He knows. He knows you better than you know yourself. Let's talk about God and how he sees us, right? If we call ourselves Christians and if we really are, what does God, like, how does God see us? Let me just flip to some scriptures here. Okay. This is my favorite part, scriptures. 
because we have to line everything up with what we do with scripture or else it's not true not real not something right all that not right thanks for kind of taking up time while i was trying to find where i was going here no problem <laughs> um, i got you acts 1 8 again this is right before jesus is ascending into that cloud and uh I'm just going to read this part. It says, but you will receive power. He's talking to the disciples. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Okay, guys, focus. And you will be my witness, witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends, end of the earth. So this is what Jesus called them. My witness. Can I just point out one thing real fast? You said that the, he's saying this to all of his disciples. So who's all of his disciples? All of us. All of us. Yes. It's not just the apostles. Mm -hmm. It's all the disciples mm -hmm. that they've made. It's yes, all of us. He's right. talking to all of us. That is your number one job description. I don't care what you do for a living. I don't care where you get your income from. Your job description, number one in God's eyes, is his witness. Mm. That's your first and foremost concern. And like you said, even in your marriage, you're a witness for Jesus. To your kids and in your family, in, your, in the privacy of your own home. You're yeah. a witness to Jesus. Yes. That's what this means. In Jerusalem, where were the disciples when Jesus was ascending? Jerusalem. That was their immediate town. <coughs> Judea and Samaria. That's extending past Jerusalem. Now we're in their state, in the country. And then where else? To the end of the earth. As far as you can go, no matter where you are, whether it's right here, right now with your people, or if it's all the way across the globe, you are a witness. And just to just to drive the message home let's go to titus 2 14. this is talking about jesus who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works what are we now as christians a possession of jesus he wants to reach people he wants to bring people to himself ultimately this will all glorify god now we belong to him we are his possession to be used right okay so when we say go that's literally wherever you go mm -hmm. wherever you are it's uh go to the grocery store go to the gas station go uh to the mom's group go to work go wherever you, you go take jesus with you even on vacation and you're like i just need a break you don't really get a break <laughs> No, when you are on vacation, you can relax, but just remember like you always have a job to do. Yeah. You cannot forget that. This is a great reminder to me that I need to take Jesus with me wherever I go because whenever I go to the store or whatever, I'm not, I'm thinking of what I have to do. I'm not thinking of God, which is so wrong of me. And I got to keep remembering that you know, this is my purpose in life. This is what, and whoever is seeking a purpose in life, this is your purpose. There you go. It's as easy as that to yes. spread the good news, to go and witness to others, to make disciples. That's what our purpose is. Mm -hmm. That's exactly right. You know, I was studying for this and I was looking at some John, John MacArthur material and he made this really excellent point. He said, if as a Christian, if your main purpose is to just worship God, he'd just take you up to heaven because then you can worship him undefiled with no restrictions, hmm. you know, hmm. with ne never ending. You know, if your main purpose was to praise God, same thing. You couldn't praise him any better than if you were in your glorified state 
praising him with all the angels in the angelic realm. You know, if your main purpose as a Christian was just to fellowship with God, again, he'd just call you up to heaven because there's fellowship without sin. It's like literally perfect up there. Yeah. But he does. He doesn't actually take you up to heaven. There's really only one reason he leaves us here on earth is because there's people that need to hear about him. We have a job, and that is to spread the good news. Yeah. And what? What? Just to clarify, what is the good news? The good news is really great news. <laughs> it is great. Is that you are either were or you are dead in your sins, which means. If you were to die today, you'd go to hell. And there's nothing that you can do to get out of that. You mm-hmm. can't work hard enough. You can't earn heaven. You're, you, everyone has fallen short of the glory of God. Compared to the righteous standard of Jesus, you will never be good enough. But the good news is that God loved you so much that he came down from heaven. He took mm-hmm. on human flesh. He lived a sinless life and he went to the cross and he paid the debt for your sin. He sacrificed himself on your behalf so that if you just believe in him, his death made atonement for your sins. And because of his righteousness being put on you, you are wiped clean of all your sin and you have access now to God in heaven. And then you can die and go to heaven and be with God forever because of what Jesus did on the cross for you. That's the good news, is that you don't have to die in sin anymore. There has been a sacrifice made for you if you would just accept it. Right. That's the good news. That's what we need to be sharing with people. Mm-hmm. And as a Christian, if you really truly understand that, I don't know how you live on this earth and not want to tell people that. How can you be content seeing other people knowing they're on the path to hell hmm. and just not care? I don't think that's possible. I think if you're in that state right now as a Christian and you see other people, you know their spiritual state and you don't care about it, I think that says a lot more about you and your heart than it does about them. So we're going to end right here with um, the go. So this is going to be a three-part series. We're thinking it's going to be a three-part series. Yeah, yeah. so we're going to break it into three, uh, the go, baptizing, and then teaching. So those are going to be our three main focuses. Yeah. So this was the go. (laughs) Next one will be the baptize. And then the third one will be the teaching. And if we're able to get baptized and teach on one, we'll do that. Probably we won't be able to. (laughs) No, because we like to talk a lot. We got a lot to say about baptism because there's a lot of mis can misunderstanding oh, yes misconception i don't know what the all right of word it is. all, all of that <laughs> yeah there's a lot of false teaching about baptism what it really is what it isn't all that and mm-hmm. i know manny's like real excited to talk <laughs> about that one so thanks for tuning in to this one if you have questions um something you didn't understand leave us a message or we'll put our email up like we always do you can send us a private uh email email directly. if you want yep All right, yeah, pray us out. Okay. Dear Lord, we just come before you and we just ask for forgiveness, Lord, for all the times that we forget that we are in the mission field as soon as we step, not even as soon as we step out of our house. In all times we are in the mission field, Lord, and just please just help us not to forget that and just help us to make disciples, Lord, because you said that that's what we're to do and just help us to understand that that is what we are to do. Um, In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.